Hello, and welcome to the intersection of Crystal R. Emery. Crystal is a member of the Producers Guild of America, an American Association for the Advancement of Science, if then ambassador, and a member of New York Women in Film and Television. Crystal is CEO and founder of You Are You The Right To Be Inc. And she is a bad ass. Today's topic is Get ready, Hollywood. I'm a coming. Hollywood, if Crystal has to get on the highway in her wheelchair to go to California, don't be surprised. Here is Crystal Renee Emery. Hollywood, get ready. I'm a coming. We live in one of the most extraordinary times in America. We recently experienced the election of a black man as a president. We saw the nomination by a major political party of a woman for the office of presidency. Cheryl Boone is the first black woman president of the Academies of Motion Picture and Science. Alfonso Caron is the first Mexican director to win an Oscar for Best Director for Gravity 2013. All of those firsts require talent, acutely honed skills, vision, ambition, and facing and navigating a system, a fortress really, that was built to keep anyone who is not an able-bodied, white, straight man out. For example, over the past three years, of the 56 documentary directors nominated for an Oscar, 77% of the Oscar shortlist were men and 29% are women. Breaking down the percentages to include both race and gender shows an obvious favoritism towards white directors. Throughout those three years from 2014 to 2016, 71% of those shortlisted are white men and 8% are white women. In fact, in 2015, all 17 of the directors shortlisted for a category were white. In 2016, the difficulty of my efforts to get my film, Black Women in Medicine, shortlisted for Oscar nomination documentaries, it was compounded by the fact that not only am I a black woman, I am also disabled. When you think about what the average film director has to go through even to contemplate the possibility of becoming Oscar eligible, the road is excruciatingly long and complicated. First, you have to make a film, which I've done. Then you have to fulfill Academy eligibility requirements, which I did. Both of these processes are very, very expensive, and I do not have rich parents that can just throw a million dollars my way. So what happens after I've completed the bare minimum requirements, which are anything but bare minimum? Reality sets in, and the reality is that no wheelchair-bound person has ever received an Oscar nomination or a win for their work. From personal experiences, one of the possible reasons a wheelchair-using director or writer hasn't been nominated is because the typical historical model of filmmaking is not one that is easy for people with disabilities to navigate. When one compound challenges the other, and then there is the whole problem around women 
directors and minority directors. So then when you throw the issue of physical and accessibility, one can see how many structural barriers stand in someone's path like mine. Actors may not trust our judgment. Producers may think that we're unreliable investments. The crew may feel like they doubt our physical or mental ability to do the actual work. The same stereotypes and stigmas facing people with disability in public workplaces are amplified in demanding settings like a movie set. Yet the data shows us the opposite is true. However, until someone takes a chance on us, the discrimination faced by people with disabilities won't be easily fixed. It's exhausting. One of the main reasons a person in a wheelchair has not been nominated is because gatekeepers, financiers, and producers consider us a liability on the set. When I was raising money for my first feature, documentary Deadliest Disease in America, a philanthropist told me, I'm going to give you some money, but the condition you're in in that wheelchair, you probably won't live long enough to finish that film. Wow, I thought. So much for your support. By the way, I didn't die and I finished the film. When I could walk with leg braces, a producer on the set of Rage in Harlem said to me, you're a liability. You can stay in the office, but I don't want to put you on the set. My response to him was, the grip 40 feet in the air with the tool belt on is the greater liability than I will ever be. They proved my own point. It just so happened that the following day, the grips broke somebody's chimney. So who was the real liability? Thank God for director Bill Duke, who believed in me and made a way for me to be on that set. I thank you, Mr. Duke. The point I'm trying to make by recounting these demeaning and condescending encounters is that on the journey to make a film that is Oscar quality, you need a tremendous amount of support. Someone like me does not even register within the filmmaking community as capable of worthy of getting that support. Yet here I am maneuvering my way through a hop hodge of unusual and extraordinary blockages to become Oscar eligible. I am trekking on familiar terrain now. Nowhere in the history of the Academy Awards within my category is there a face like mine. What keeps me constantly optimistic are the efforts, small and large, in regard to changing the voting structure of the Academy by diversifying the makeup of voters. As with what I'm doing with my current film, it is now time to see tremendous change within an industry that creates images that influence our belief system. How wonderful would it be to see a black woman in a wheelchair roll across the stage and receive a Oscar for her documentary? Not because she is black or a woman or in a wheelchair, but because her work is so extraordinary that it had to be acknowledged. One of the largest marginalized communities consisting of 56 million Americans 
with disabilities would have someone who actually is disabled, not an actor who faked it or is being rewarded for their bravery in portraying that role. It's someone who is actually living that life. What would it mean to so many just to see that person recognized? We live in an age where everything is media, and if you are not presented in a positive light in media, nobody pays attention to you. Despite all the stigmas, stereotypes associated with being in a wheelchair, I still rise. The work that I do is amazing. The stories that I tell are just heartfelt. So get ready, Hollywood. I'm coming. And by the way, if anybody sees Ava DuVernay, could you please tell her that all the women directors that she has hired, I have as many credentials as they do. So I live in Connecticut and I'm in a wheelchair. And anytime she wants me to come to Hollywood, I will get in my wheelchair and if I have to ride the roads on the highway, I will get to her. So Hollywood, despite all the obstacles, me and this wheelchair are rolling. Thank you for joining us at the intersection of Crystal R. Emery. Talk to you soon. Namaskar. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Intersection of Crystal R. Emery. Subscribe if you like today's episode and want to receive notifications when new episodes are available. New episodes will be available every Monday and Thursday. If you would like to learn more about or support Crystal's work, please visit URUTheRightToBe.org. You can also follow Crystal on Twitter at Crystal R. Emery or at Changing Stem. Music is provided by Jay Hogard featuring I Am Free from his album Harlem Hieroglyphics. Stay tuned for next week's episode. Namaskar.